right, everyone. Welcome to an all new segment of the 20% podcast that I'm calling coffee chats. What am I doing with these coffee chats? I found a lot of value over time with just talking to different individual contributors across the entire LinkedIn sphere, right? You know, you could share the, the good things that are happening, share the bad things that are happening. And, and really, it's really important to understand, like, at some point or another, you're maybe a leader at some point. So uh, I know that that's specifically a little, little tribute into what we're going to be talking about next. But for the inaugural episode of Coffee Chats, I wanted to bring on Mr. Hampton Dorsch. Hampton, welcome to the show. Tyler, I am fired up to be on here and, and such an honor to be number one. We'll see how this goes, but thanks for having me. Oh yeah. Well, you know what? If it's really bad, then I may just trash it. So if, if you're not actually, <laughs> if you're hearing this, then, then maybe the episode was good enough. But uh, anyway, no, we're going to, we're going to roll with this Hampton. So as I do just a little bit of a format for everybody uh, to understand what, where my main vision is with this every week, I'm going to be bringing in a new individual contributor from across. Um, I just say the LinkedIn sphere. I know, I, I know I met Hampton. This is the first time we're actually going to be talking, but I feel like I know him very well because we're always interacting with each other's stuff or we're sending messages back and forth, words of encouragement, whatever it is. I think as sales professionals, I think it's our duty to not only network with other folks, but also share the good and bad because, the, you know, we, we were just talking about it before, Hampton, right? You know, there's things that are out completely out of our control that we could do absolutely nothing about, but we, we tr try not to take that as personally. Um, but again, obviously it's tough. So, uh, so what we're going to be doing here is I'm going to be going over for the first part of these episodes, really diving in like a typical 20% podcast episode where we break down the guest's background. And then from there, then we're going to talk about some latest trends and what's going on. So, um, so Hampton, you went to school to study marketing at Samford University. But before that, tell us a little bit more about some of your childhood and some of the early jobs that you had and, and maybe what did I want to do or what was I doing prior to saying, you know what, I'm going to go to Samford and I'm going to study marketing. Mm, okay, let's see. I haven't gotten to tell my story like this in a while. Uh, this is cool. So, I mean, growing up, I've, I've been in Birmingham, Alabama my entire life. And sweet most home. of you listening to this, yeah, sweet home Alabama, am I right? And most of you listening to this, a lot, of, a lot of you who may be in sales, people on LinkedIn, people in the tech world, there's not a lot of people in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> and so it's, it has been wonderful to, to meet people like you, Tyler, and, and just people. And, and for those of you that aren't active on LinkedIn, do it because you get to be involved in things like this. And growing up, I had no idea that like this would be an opportunity that I had. But just growing up, I, I enjoyed playing sports, um, hanging out with friends, just, just usual kid stuff. I was a big, big runner, did track for a while, played soccer. Um, was really involved with my youth group at church, loved my family. Uh, and so just had a lot of really good blessings that um, I think I took for granted early on, um, but, but was really thankful for. And I think uh, transitioning into, into going to college, uh, I always thought I would do something big. I would go somewhere different. I may play a sport in college or something like that. And um, I ended up doing what both my parents and my sister before we did and went to Sanford. And I'll tell you this, I, I really did love every minute of it. And so um, it, it was definitely a blessing. I have lots of stories to share there. But one thing that I, I will say, reflecting back on my life, um, I, I didn't have a lot of like challenges, like growing up. Um, I just had a lot of a lot of blessings. And so that's one thing that I'm really grateful for. There's certainly challenges that have come along the way. Um, but as far as like my life as a kid, it was, it was kind of a, a, a cupcake life, um, which sometimes I kind of felt bad for. I'm like, when, like I, I need to have some like hard story or something like that, but um, 
it, it's really grateful from, from where I came from and I'm still here in Birmingham today. <laughs> oh, I love it. So it sounds like sports, youth group and family. It sounds like you're just a good old Southern boy and everything that you should be, should be doing. Right. So, all right. So let, let's dive into that a little bit further. And I know you mentioned that you, you know, you had a really good upbringing and you didn't have as many of those challenges. Do you think that that may have, I guess now when you face challenges, do you wish that you may have had some of those challenges early so that you could, and I don't want to say maybe wish that you have challenges because it's easy from the perspective of after having challenges, you know, you could say, yeah, I'm going to learn from those and I'm going to grow and I'm going to adapt. How was it from saying that you don't have challenges early on to ultimately facing some of those challenges, whether it was at Sanford or whether it was later on in your career, how do you handle some of those big challenges for the first time? Yeah. Well, we were actually talking about this before failure, I think is a really popular thing to talk about or like hardships and it's really, really easy and fun to say, you grow on the other side of hardships. Like, they're good for you. But when you're in the middle of them, you're probably not saying that. And, and the, the, the challenges and hardships and failures that have come up in my life, you know, it, it was harder to accept those at the beginning. But, but each time it comes up, I'm finding myself earlier on in the process recognizing, wait, I'm in the middle of something hard right now. And there's going to be a story on the back end that I'm going to share to help somebody else one day. And so I, I guess I wouldn't change anything about my upbringing. I am grateful for that. Um, but I will say like some of the, the, the hard things that I went through early on in college, um, it, it was fresh. You know, I was like, oh, I didn't know hard things happened. <laughs> so it was definitely a rude awakening. But again, I'm always trying to say how early can I recognize that this is something hard, but that it, it's ultimately going to mold me into the person I want to become, you know? No, absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so cliche to say, to say a lot of those things about, yeah, uh, you know, get back up on your horse and, and all this failure. But like, of course, like you have no, and, and some of the other people say as well, like, yeah, like don't take failure personally, or it was out of your control, or those are some of the common things. But if your failure is tied to something that can be personal, like whether it's something on your income or or something, like obviously it's really tough to, to get away from some of that. So thank you for sharing, uh, about some of some of that hardship. I, I think it's really interesting though. Um, so I guess before we jump into anything further, tell us a little bit more about some of those early jobs that you may have had um, before we, we really get into um, to some of the, the Samford and some of the other areas that I wanted to discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so growing up like in high school, I never had like much of a job during the week because I was playing a lot of sports. And so that was um, just a lot of practices and stuff. I think my mom just wanted to keep me busy because she's like, if you're busy with a sport or something, you're staying out of trouble. And so she would tell you that now. Um, a couple of things that I did, I worked at a moving company for a couple summers. Um, that was an experience. One of my skills is if you ever need a truck packed uh, precisely, I, I think I might your I might be your guy. Um, Playing so, Tetris, uh, right? Or you play Tetris yes. of what's big, what's small, how do we get fit this in, right? <laughs> exactly. It is quite an art. And that, that I, I just thought when I was doing that, I would just learn how to carry couches. And I was like, maybe I'll get stronger from this. But I learned a lot more than that. Um, I also got to help out with just like some some camps for kids, whether it was like sports related or with my church growing up. That was sort of a job. I don't know if I always got paid for that, but I spent a lot of my time doing that. Um, those were probably the two primary things that I did early on as far as like job related, like before college. Right. And let's dive in a little bit on those because I, I think it's really important that a lot of this skill from the, you know, from the individual contributors like yourself that I talked to, to the John Barrows and to the, the, the top of the top sales professionals that we, we know and follow, there's a big common theme that I've noticed over the hundred episodes that I've had so far, the 20% podcast is that 
a lot of the lessons that you learn early on from those jobs to your point where you may not be getting paid is where you're learning the foundation of your future success and your future life when you didn't even know it at that point. So now I think about that constantly and it goes along with my background. I know you studied marketing and marketing and sales are obviously, you know, one in the same, in, in my opinion. Um, I studied exercise science. So I have yeah. to really pull at some of those. You don't think that there's many parallels, but I could draw straight lines to what I'm doing today as a result of some of my experience. So just trying to draw some of those lines as well, obviously working for a moving company, you got, it's hard work. You're busting your chops day in and day out. That's physically. So you may not be doing that specifically as a sales professional, but you learn that grit. You learn how to push through things that you maybe may not want to do or, or situations where, you know, you may be carrying a, pow- a couch and, you know, you may have to yell pivot going down the stairs or something, right? Like you never know where you're at, but you also worked with, I'm sure you worked with a lot of, of diverse groups, especially in that um, when you're moving, but also it sounds like I hear a lot of common themes around this leadership thing, Hampton. And it's, it's really interesting now because you're so gung ho about that. And, and we're going to dive into that a little bit, but you're working at some of these camps, you're, you know, the sports and the youth group, and you're not getting paid. What's the importance of some of those skills that you learned that you you're not getting paid for necessarily, because there's a lot of lessons in the, in those situations that are probably helping you today. And you didn't even know it. Hmm. So I was, Going back to the beginning of this podcast, and you asked me about growing up, I'm already, this is going in my mind. I'm like, I just said that I didn't have a lot of hardships. Like, why did I say that? That's weird. But like, but, but I think one thing that's unique is that like a big part of that was because of my environment. I had parents and grandparents and other teenagers when I was a kid and people that were pouring into me that were planting seeds along the way. And so when I found my, yeah, I was gonna say. Well, so what? So you were maybe going through some of those hard times, but you had a really good support system and network to to reduce some of that hardship. And I, I'm sorry I cut you off, but I thought that that no, was no, really no, important to add. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is I think the what led me to whether it is through like a different camp or helping out my youth group or other kids or something like that, it was like these people did this for me when I was a kid. The least I could do is do that for them um, because I think that's a big part of. Um, like as humans, like we want to give back and we want to serve other people. Um, and so that was a huge opportunity for me early on that I think I just saw the power of this multiplication of like, okay, this person did this for me. So then I'm going to go do it for the next person. And now it, it's cool. Cause that's the big part of like what I'm getting to do at Wild Sport. Yeah, exactly. And we'll dive into that in a little bit. I don't mean to keep uh, like doing the little cliffhangers here, but I want no, to dive in because there's, it sounds like there's a lot of common themes with leadership across your, your entire life that it, it makes complete sense as to why you're so important to you, it, from my opinion. So you're obviously getting some of that leadership as a, as a you know, in a, not an infant, uh, like in a young adolescent, you know, doing the church groups and doing all of that stuff. And then you go to college and you get a a president role over at your fraternity. And you also did some student ambassadorship, which is just all natively leadership skills. How have those affected some of your thought process or maybe even what, did you take any skills that you learned from some of those camps and bring it into those roles? And then conversely, how has those two experiences helped to to form you into being so um, gung-ho on leadership early in your career or thinking about Mm -hmm. it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and yes, certainly a lot of what I learned, um, you know, growing up, whether it was through youth group or different camps or things like that, that came into college. What's interesting, though, is when you get to a place like Sanford University, it's a small private Christian school. But when you show up, you realize that everybody else was the, you know, 
homecoming queen or homecoming king or SGA or whatever in their high school. And all of a sudden you're like, whoa, like this is some really, I mean, this is a group of really talented people. And so because of that, I was, I was really like challenged because I think people grow best in the context of, of community. So I had a great community there. And then I had like people that were, were better than me and smarter than me and better leaders than me. And so they really elevated me. Um, and so that was a huge opportunity. I, I mean, when I think about like interviews that I had, basically every answer I had to them was something that I experienced as president of my fraternity or as like a student ambassador at Sanford or someone that was like giving tours there. And so what's interesting is while I absolutely believe there's an enormous amount of things to be learned in the classroom, granted I'm in sales right now. So, uh, but that, that, that's another subject, but like when I talk about the biggest things that I learned, it wasn't in the classroom. It was, it was the experience of like leading in different capacities that really impacted me. Yeah. And I want to dive back into that little sales comment. What was that all about Hampton? <laughs> no, I was, I, I'm saying like, I, so I knew I wanted to do business, but I, I thought I wanted to do business because I was like, well, I like people. And then I was like, well, I like people. So I guess I'll be in sales because my dad's in medical sales. So I'll be in sales, but you know, when I said sales, I thought that meant a suit at the top of a high rise with my hair slicked back sitting across from the CEO at a desk. Right. Now I'm on Zoom calls wearing a t-shirt, yep. <laughs> uh, but I love it and I wouldn't change it. Um, so yeah, I mean, when I was looking at different, um, you know, paths in, in the business school, I'm like, okay, there's accounting, I'm struggling there, econ, don't really understand that, finance, it's pretty good. Like all those things are fantastic. And I'm so thankful for the people that like really dive into those. I um, I would say it's a regret, kind of. I did not apply myself as a student um, the way that I could have. And I think that's because I had a fixed mindset um, as opposed to a growth mindset. And because, you know, whether it's me having ADHD or like not being the smartest, it's like, oh, well, if I can't be the best and I can't be the smartest, I might as well not try. And then if I don't try, then I have an excuse. And so it was like, well, I'll just do all these leadership things and then I'll go into sales because as long as I have a decent GPA, I could probably get to there and then I'll do well. And, it, and it's worked out and I'm grateful for it. Um, but that's a lesson if you're in school right now or something, or even if you're in the middle of something like, and, and you don't feel like you're super naturally talented at it, keep working hard. That, that's one thing I'm trying to teach myself right now. <laughs> hey, and, and I love that you're sharing. Thanks for that transparency too, because we're all just trying to learn and right, every, everybody is at a different stage in their career. Obviously we're earlier, earlier in our careers, but um, what it comes down to is it's, it's so important. All of the steps that you're, you're doing throughout um, your entire yeah, upbringing in, in your entire career. Now, at what point did you have that switch from, cause it sounds like you have a growth mindset now, or at least it sounds like there was some type of transition. At what point did you realize, Hey, I need to change this and I could be doing better. Or what was the result of becoming more of a growth mindset versus staying fixed? So when I graduated college, it was in the middle of COVID. And so I, it felt weird because there was like two months left of college and then two months of COVID. And so I like moved in with my parents for a little bit. Um, but the day, probably the day that I realized this was I got married and then started my first job all within a one month period of time. And at that point I was like, all right, it's up to me. No one's going to hand me anything. Like my parents, they didn't pay for all of my college, but they were super helpful in getting me there growing up. I worked jobs, but because I played sports, my parents kind of gave me money. So there was never this, like, you, if you don't do this, like you're hosed. And so right. like, 
there was this like mindset shift of like, no one's going to give me anything. Like it's time, it's, it's time to get to work. And so it's not like I was perfect ever since then, but my wife and I had some student debt that we needed to pay off. She's from San Diego, came all the way to Birmingham. That's a whole nother story. Um, and so it was like, we've got this debt. Um, we're trying to figure out what we both want to do career wise and no one's going to hand it to us. So well, let's go. <laughs> so that was definitely the shift then. No, I, oh my goodness, that, that's so fantastic. And, and, and a lot of the times we need to face those tough situations where it's make or break or do or die, or maybe, maybe not to that extent, but uh, I couldn't imagine growing, you know, and it's so funny too. There's some parallels in my life with yours of some of these big moments are some of these, a lot of the big changes that happen in your life typically happen in a small portion. Like for us, I, we moved into our, our new house here. Uh, I was starting a job at Vidyard. And uh, we found out that we were pregnant with our second child all in the same time. So like, it's wow. crazy how some of those things, the, those big life changes all happen at one time. It sounded like you had, you had your hands full there too. So perfect. Oh, yeah. So ultimately, okay. So COVID, COVID starts, you're, you're figuring, all right, what am I going to do with my, with my life? And you decide I'm going to go to sales and I'm going to go to WildSpark. Why WildSpark? Why sales? And why did like, why, why? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so a couple of different connections here. I, I was actually an intern at Wild Spark my senior year of college. So, and I knew I was like, man, I've got to be here. I don't even think I applied. I didn't apply for anywhere else. I was like, Wild Spark or bust. <laughs> no, I just really wanted to be here. And I had to connect our CEO, um, someone that I grew up with, and I, he's in our church. And so I knew him. And then we have a sister company that does um, executive mid-level recruiting. They're called Fire Seeds. We all share an office under the same CEO. And my sister, who's two years older than me, who also goes to Sanford, worked at Fire Seeds. And so I say that she got me in the door with an internship and I worked there. And um, throughout COVID, basically, I was right when I graduated, I was like, okay, I really want to work here. And I thought I was going to get hired. And then um, for those of you, some of you might know the story if you know me, but I think they were going to hire me, but then COVID hits and it's like, oh no, everyone's doing really bad. We're still a startup. And so I basically became an extended, expanded intern for 90 days where it was like, you're working 40 hours a week, but you're getting paid like 10 bucks an hour, which I was okay with because I was just like, I really want to work here. I believe in this. And so I basically had an opportunity as I was in SDR, but I was an intern. And so it was like, crush it. And why are you? And then I did all right. And then I got hired and the rest is history. So here I am a couple years later. And, it, and here it comes again of just try, of not getting paid, quote unquote, necessarily what you should have been, but using that as an experience and as an opportunity to go on and do that later. And I, I the reason I, I emphasize that is that there are things in life that we don't want to do or that we're not getting paid for necessarily. But those are some of the biggest things that we actually need to do because those are the things that are going to move the needle moving forward. So, all right. So you say you love, you were an intern, you were working close to free, right? I, I you know, what, whatever it was. Um, yeah. That's not the point of what, where, where my, where this question is coming from. The point is what about wild spark do you love so much that you, that you said, I need to work here and I'm not going any, I'm not even going to look anywhere else. Well, I was given advice by somebody that said, obviously you want to get paid. You want to get paid fairly like in your first job out of college, but where are you going to grow the most? Like you spend your, your first two years out of college, don't worry about where you're going to get paid so much. Say, where am I going to grow the most? And I could not be more thankful for being here at Wild Spark because that's absolutely been the case. And I saw an opportunity. I saw um, a pretty quickly growing company, but still bootstrap startup, 
I, you know, there, there's eight people there when I started, we've got like 20 or so now. So I was like, that's exciting. I'm learning how to build a business. Maybe I want to run one one day so I can learn that. I saw phenomenal culture and by culture, I don't mean ping pong tables and happy hour. I mean, and, a and, a, tap, that- and a tap and some kombucha, <laughs> right? That's not, that's not all it's about anymore. Yes. Which all this stuff is fun, but it's like, I saw a CEO that knew his employee spouses and their children and, and talks about principles like boardroom to family. I was like, that's somewhere I want to be. Um, and then we do leadership development. So we're doing that for other companies through like our software and our platform. But if we're doing it for other companies, you better believe you've got to be good at it ourselves and said, I want to, I have been for the last four years in college, a leader in different capacities. And now I'm about to be the fresh guy out. Like I'm not going to get some big manager title. So I want to grow and develop as much as I possibly can as a leader in these first couple of years. So then I can be launched into whatever that is, hopefully here at WildSpark, but whatever it is. And so I saw it as an investment in myself and it, it's, it's blowing me away. So I'm really thankful for this place. Yeah, it, it's really so cool to hear that. And, and obviously, you know, I, I share a lot of those same testaments why I work at Dooley, right? It was a smaller company and you get to put on multiple hats and really feel like you're not a cog in the wheel. And obviously WildSpark is a, is a, a Dooley customer. So we love, uh, we love um, the, the partnership there. Oh yeah. Hampton, why is it so important to be focusing on leadership, even though you're just two, you're three years out of college. You're just, you're, you're just an AE. You're not a leader. Why is it so important to be focused besides just that? That's your product for those who aren't, who don't have a product that's necessarily leading, but may have some future ambitions of leadership. Why is it so important to be doing the things that you're doing now in order to set yourself up for that leadership success later on? So if you look at my shirt, or if you re- look at WildSpark's logo, it says WildSpark in the right under it says leaders red. And a major reason for probably the great resignation right now, um, and a lot of the issues with work cultures and everything is poor leadership. And the reason there's poor leadership is because people, wh- why do you get put into a management role? You're an incredible sales rep, tenure at a company, your company grows and they need managers. So all of a sudden, you go from being an individual contributor to someone that's responsible for managing, leading other people, and they don't correlate at all. Like, like you, they're different things. It's a different mindset. And so I think that that's why we have all these problems right now, because people who are managers don't know how to lead and they don't know how to lead because they never thought about it until they got the title. And they thought that when they got the title, they would just become a leader. And so Wild Spark is all about creating leaders who are ready who move and launch into that opportunity when it comes. And that's what I want to be myself, you know? No, hundred percent. You're, you're digging the well, well before you're thirsty, right? And that's really important to have those skills that you could quickly step into it because we've all seen leaders, whether we've had them or not, that aren't necessarily leaders by what their actions are, but only in their title. But you're the exact opposite of that, of not, and you're not a leader in title per se, but you are by the way that you act and the way that you are. So, that, that is phenomenal. What uh, last piece, of, last tip, or, or what is your big piece of advice to those who are want to say, you know what, maybe I have these ambitions of leadership. What they could, what could they start doing immediately today to just start doing that quote unquote leadership when they're not a leader? Hmm. I would say, um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about someone I've gotten close with on LinkedIn. And he's on my podcast to Teddy Petroslis. Hard last name to say, cool yeah. last name though. But he often says, everybody is a leader to somebody. And maybe that's your younger cousin. I don't know. Like, but there's somebody that's looking to you. And so one, embrace that opportunity and practice there. Two, 
read some books. I mean, I've like extreme ownership, atomic habits. Like I, I'm, I, I mean, there, there's the, the list goes on or get on LinkedIn, learn from some of these people. Um, but also just, I would say some really important things. I say this a lot, but be interested over interesting, be others focused, be relational over transactional. Those are all things that like, if you can do those and you step into a management role tomorrow, you're probably gonna be better than most of the managers in America already. So if you just start practicing those things um, before time, you're going to be surprised at just the opportunities to, to lead effectively when, when you get that chance. Yeah, that's so cool. And it sounds like you're a very principled person, whether that was just the church upbringing or, what, or whether it was you know good parenting or maybe you having good leadership yourself, like having good leaders in your life, which it sounds like you surrounded yourself with that. Um, that's unbelievable, man. And I had, I had Lindsay on the show, Lindsay Mitrasilis. Um, yes. but I, uh, I need to, this reminds me, I'm going to send a message over to Teddy as well after this, but Dude, um, he's the man I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. So I will definitely, I, I've been planning on having him on the show as well. Uh, one, two final questions for you, Hampton. Number one, it's the same question. I ask every single guest on the 20% podcast. If you were teaching a college 101 class based upon all of your previous life and work experience, what would you teach and why? Hmm. Wow. I think it may actually have something to do with what I just said. So I, th I think it would definitely be in the leadership realm for sure. That's because a shock. I just think, <laughs> yeah, well, I just think about like, I think about the next generation a lot, like, and, and part of that next generation is I've only been out of college a few years. So that's me, but like, I would, there was a list that I was shown uh, of, of 10 leadership qualities of things like being able to cast a vision, being able to recruit top talent, being structured, organized, X, Y, Z. Um, and, and in that list, there were, there were two things, others focused and inwardly sound were two of the 10. And my mentor asked me, he said, what do you think of the two most important qualities on this list? Like what, to be able to be a leader that is worth following. And I was like, probably be able to cast a vision um, and recruit top talent. And he was like, those are really good things, but there was data that actually shows, and there's a study and seeing this after you want, that says being others focused and inwardly sound are the two most important things. And so I think that if I was teaching a college course, it would be something along those lines of saying, you can be the most interesting person in the world if you're interested in other people, ask them about themselves and you will be blown away at the opportunities that come in your life. So that's number one. And then the inwardly sound is just like whether, whether for you, whether you're, um, whether you're a, a Christian or you're meditating or whatever it is, like just being able to, to show up as your best self every day. And even when there's challenges, not let those overtake you. I think those two things, I mean, if you can accomplish those big things will happen. Oh, that's fantastic. I would definitely subscribe to that course too. So uh, for what that's <laughs> worth, uh, go, go get to it. Hampton, this has been fantastic. I really enjoyed uh, enjoying a coffee with you now. Now, the, yes. the last question that I have here is I would love you to nominate a couple folks, uh, or potential people who you think would be great to have coffee with next. Do you have anybody that comes Ooh. top of mind that would be good? Let's see. Number one, Josh Etris. He is uh, the CEO of Anchor Investments. He was the first episode of my podcast. He was my first boss at Wild Spark. Unbelievable. He'll blow you away. Teddy, we already said him, though. Um, let's see. Who else? Peyton Welch. He's at Wild Spark, too. He'll blow you away. 
How many do you need? I could I could probably spout a bunch of them off. <laughs> oh no, that's that's good for now. We'll take the we'll take the rest offline. Okay. I'll, take, I'll just take those three. Uh, so Josh, Teddy, and Peyton, I'm coming for you. <laughs> Hampton, okay. thank you so much, man. Where can people learn more about you and everything you have going on? Hey, um, LinkedIn. I post on there all the time. Give me a follow. Send me a message. I'd be happy to help in any way I can. And if you don't care about leadership, you probably don't follow me. <laughs> Hampton, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Tyler. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. And if you enjoyed the show, it would mean the absolute world if you went to Apple and rated and reviewed the show for me as well, is this is a fantastic way to help grow the show and help to bring in fantastic guests and even more listeners to our tribe. So stay tuned for next episode and have a fantastic rest of your day.